Welcome to our Bible studies about the message of Hebrews. The Apostle Paul, who wrote this letter, wants to admonish us on one side, and on the other side, he wants to help us to reach the aim, being together with Jesus in eternity. This is a wonderful letter for becoming a strong person in Christ. Grace be with you and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. We are going to study the message of Hebrews, this epistle of the Apostle Paul. Lesson 7. Jesus, the anchor of the soul. Our memory text for this week we find in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19 and 20. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil where the forerunner has entered for us, even Jesus, having become high priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. It happened in Greece. I was on board of a ship, and we were just about to leave the harbor. It was in the evening, the lights there, oh, it was a wonderful scenery. And slowly we moved out of the harbor and suddenly <coughs> everything stopped. And we could hear a noise. Hmm. Anything broken, damaged? After a while, smooth movement in another direction. <coughs> again, abruptly stopped. A third time, another direction, smooth move, suddenly stopped. Afterwards, we'd, we heard <laughs> the anchor of the boat, of this ship, <laughs> It was so fastened to the ground in the sea, it could not be moved. So when the ship tried to get it out of the ground, it didn't work for three times. The fourth try, then it happened. Anchor, you are fastened. Tasting the goodness of the word. The Apostle Paul writes so wonderful words 
telling us what happens when we discover hope in Jesus. You become enlightened. Imagine you are on a walk, hitchhiking somewhere, and then you can see the sun slowly going down, 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 sunset. And you know what will happen then. It will be dark, dark, completely dark. And when it's dark, you don't see the way. And it's so fine if you have a torch with you. If you do not have something like that, you have a problem. You do not see your way. So being enlightened by the word of God, you see your way. And in Hebrews 6, in verse 4 and 5, we hear what else can happen when you learn to be together with Jesus. You taste the heavenly gift. You taste it. Our tongue is a special creation. Because of our tongue, we can taste. Imagine you have to eat and you cannot taste anything. People who have a treatment with chemical things, they can lose their taste. And they say, it's a horror when you have to eat. You do not taste anything. It, everything tastes the same. You do not like to eat anymore. So it's a wonderful present from God that we can taste what we eat. And when you taste the heavenly gift, the love and surety you get from Jesus, Ah, you enjoy it. Impossible to restore. So once you have tasted this wonderful gift from heaven and you have been enlightened and you have tasted the powers of the world to come, and when you, after all of that experience, you shall fall away, it's nearly impossible to renew somebody again. Because he has tasted, he has he's discovered all the advantages. And then falling away can't be, or? In the Bible we read when you sin against the Holy Ghost, then you are without any chance for the future. So it's the sin of the sins, sinning against the Holy Ghost. And sometimes, to me as a pastor, people come and with tears in their eyes, they confess, I think I have sinned against the Holy Ghost. Out of my experience, I know 
This can't be if they act like this. So when you think you have sinned against the Holy Ghost, you have not sinned against it. <laughs> Someone who has sinned against the Holy Ghost, he has an arrogance in it, in himself, in herself, a proudness, and thinking, I am the best. They do not care about their conscience anymore. They have hardened their conscience. But if you come and think, I think I've done it, I've sinned against the Holy Ghost, then your conscience is wide awake. And this is, this is good when it is wide awake. Then you know how to turn around, come to Jesus, tell him you've sinned and you ask him to forgive you and he will do so. He paid the price on the cross for you. He loves you. No sacrifice for sins left. In Hebrew 10, we read in verse 26, For if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remains no more sacrifice for sins. Wow, that's a hard sentence, isn't it? If we sin willfully. Imagine, two boys... Mommy tells them, you know, it has rained, the streets are wet, and there are certain areas where there's still water on the street. So be careful, don't fall into such an area. Take care. When you go with your bikes, do not ride through such water, and so on. Yeah, half an hour later, the two boys, they appear in the doorway again. Dirty, all over, hair to feet. Oh no. Yeah, it was wet outside, and when it's wet, and <laughs> it will be on your clothes if you Come close to the crowd. One of the boys, he, he wanted to become dirty. And the other one carefully tried not to become dirty. But then he slipped and landed in the water, in the dirty water. And he looked like the other one. But one willfully did it and the other wanted to be clean in the doorway. <laughs> so there's a huge difference. One willfully wanted to become dirty and the other did not want to become dirty, but it happened anyway. And Jesus knows your heart. He knows if you willfully sinned or if you sinned 
it, it happened. And you ask yourself, oh, how could it happen? I, I wanted him to go into another direction. He knows it. Better things. In my youth, I met a girl. She became my girlfriend. And I wanted to marry her. And then I found in a bookshop a book with the title, We Too Want to Make It Better. And then all the others before us. I bought it at once. And then I started this book, We Too Want to Make It Better. And then I discovered, ah, there are several criteria to find out. It's not just a coincidence that this relationship works and this relationship doesn't work. You have to work on your relationship. It's not just, just falling from heaven that it is in a fine condition. You have to do something for it. When, when you plant something in the ground, you have to take care of it, to water it, and to take away what shouldn't be there, and so on. You have to take care. If you do not care, you will have a problem. And the same it is with relationships. Now, when I think back, 45 years in marriage is a long time. But I know I have the best, the best person I could find on this planet. Oh, what a present. Every year I discover new fine aspects of character in her. And this is a simile, a parallel to the relationship to Jesus. The longer you are together with him, the more you study his life, the more you discover, wow, Jesus, what a wonderful person. Oh, oh that's another aspect of his character. Character. He loves me. He takes care of me. He wants to give peace, security. Oh, he's, he's a wonderful lover, of course. Jesus, the anchor of the soul. In Hebrews chapter 6, we read something which is really, really special. Because there is this hope, verse 19, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul both sure and steadfast, and which enters into that within the veil, whether the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus, made a high priest forever. 
Now, our hope, an anchor of the soul. We heard the story of the boat I was on when we wanted to leave the harbor, and <laughs> the anchor still was fastened, fixed to the ground in the sea. An anchor helps you to stay. Now, this hope we have is that Jesus is like an anchor for us in the heavenly center. There, he is situated on the throne with his Father. And if we are in close connection with him, we have a connection to the center of the universe. And that's our hope. Because Jesus will come again with all of his angels. And he will send out his angels and collect his followers. And you are his follower if you tell him, I want to be your follower. I love you. Please forgive me. I want to start a new life. I want to be among those who are collected by the angels when they return, when you return with them to collect us, all the followers of Jesus. <sighs> that will be a day. Wow. When the angels take you with them. And if you have died before that certain day, no problem, you will be resurrected. You will be transformed. You get a new body, a body as, yeah, in the appearance as the angels have, so that you can travel through the universe. That's it. Summary. Here we can see a photo. A photo of mountains. In Europe, I live in the Alps. And I love to climb up mountains and to be on top after some time of sweat and be exhausted after all. But then, this view you have out, out this view from, from a top of a mountain, when you see other mountains, chains of mountains, as we can see here in this photograph. Oh, I love that. And because I love that so much, I do not care about sweat. I do not care about hunger and thirst and being exhausted, tired and so on. I want to be on top, catching this view. That's, that's the reason I want to go up there. And then, oh, when the wind, you can feel it on your skin. Up there it's different. And you can look around. Totally. In a circle. In every direction you can look. And where you look you see mountains or whatever. That's so great. You see creation. God made it for you. And it's worthwhile. It's a value. Wow. 
And from time to time, we in our experience discover we are down in the valley. It's dark, it's narrow, but after some time, you will go up again. It will be on top, on a peak, looking around. Jesus wants to give you a lift up to the peaks to see what life really is about. He wants to help you to get there because he loves you.